ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. And I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, and this is the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Uh, there's no uh, a Raw or SmackDown recap edition. This is it from now on. We're moving on. We're talking about a whole bunch of stuff related to wrestling, not just Raw or SmackDown anymore. So, it's the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, and I'm going to get this out of the way right now because it, we, we've we got to settle this, right? As a wise man, as a famous writer once said, the reports on my death have been greatly exaggerated. Now, I've had people all week telling me, you know, when if you ever come back to do podcasting, there better be a gong because you're, ready, you're back from the dead. There better be a gong. There's no gong. There's I'm not I've, I'm not a zombie. I'm not. There's no gong because I didn't die. I, I, I don't know where this came from. I'm not dead. There is no gong. There will be no gong. At this point, it should have happened already. Would you not concur? So don't don't hold your breath. There's no gong that's going to be happening here. Uh, that's going to be happening here tonight. Uh, don't you worry about it, folks. Don't you worry. About it. <laughs> um, but hi, <laughs> I'm glad to I'm glad to be back. Took a couple of a uh, couple of uh, weeks off uh, to get some uh, well, to get a lot of personal stuff in order. But now it's all. Uh, but now, uh, come on, microphone. Everything is in order aside from my microphone, and I am back, and I am so happy to be here. But I got to tell you, I am equally, if not even more thrilled to, to find out, to know that there are a bunch of people here who have, uh, who've, who followed, who've come over onto Thursdays as well, left from, uh, who, 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 uh, who did come regardless of whether they were, uh, whether I was on, on Mondays and Tuesdays, now they're still here. We got Richard Storm who's here. We even have the Queen of uh, NE who's here as well. How you doing? Uh, Blaine Mendoza, the world's most handsome mod is here. Michael Stepney, Robert Larry is here. Um, we also have uh, Carlos who's here. Kristen Ashley. How you doing? We have Anthony Suter from Smart to Death. Uh, John, big pause on a pup JPQ from No Particular Angle podcast as well. Who was here? Tim Traver. How you doing, Tim? It's a whole bunch of familiar faces and friends of the show, and I'm really glad that everyone is here, right here, because yes, 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 I'm still doing these live on uh, on Thursdays now, but always at the same location, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, so if you ever do have the chance to pop in and join us in the chat here, that is absolutely fantastic. Then uh, uh, you can also listen to uh, the Mr. Warren Hayes show on your favorite podcast application, which is available on all podcasting platforms from Apple to Google to Spotify to Stitcher to Pod King Pod Cling and Pratt's Crumbs and Perklerb. Yeah, they're all here. They're everything everything is here. Um everything is it's available there. You just have to take a look at uh and find it on your favorite podcast application. Uh and and look for the Mr. Warren Hayes show. So that's fantastic. It is fantastic. Um, I'm still going to be busy. Still going to be doing stuff. 
join me on the main Fightful cha Fightful channel this Saturday after Fight for the Fall in the AEW show. I'm going to be uh, over there with uh, Sean and Jeff. If I'm not mistaken, we're going to be recapping the show. That'll be fun. And then on Sunday, just concluded a recent addition to this Mark to Death program. I'm going to be joining Anthony Souter uh, after Extreme Rules to talk about Extreme Rules. That'll be fun. Next Wednesday, of course, is my 205 Live NXT NXT UK recap show over on Fightful. Select the premium service to Fightful. You should go check that out. Become a member. Support Fightful. Fightful does a lot of great things there. And, uh, and, and and your support is uh, greatly needed. You get a ton of extra content there, including my own podcast, 205 Live NXT NXT UK. So if you want to hear me talk about that, that's the only place. That's the only place you'll, you'll find it. That's the only, only place you'll find it. Only place. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, so, so, so yeah, so we've got all that, uh, all that great stuff going and i also invite you uh, very very uh, sincerely to go check out uh, you can go find him on twitter steven jensen who works uh, over with me he's a colleague on fightful select steven has his own podcast called fight talk you hit him up on twitter fight talk so that's f-i-g-h-t-t-a-l-k underscore at the end so fight talk underscore i uh i join him to do extreme rules predictions very extensive fun predictions for extreme rules he released that episode here today uh and uh, so you can you can look for fight talk as well on your favorite podcast applications there as well or just hit him up on on twitter uh just hit him up on twitter fightful underscore and that's going to be a good time and remember folks if you're watching this live live give us a thumbs up here on youtube that's always a big help or a uh any kind of, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, if you're like, if you're listening on podcasting, you know, you can also on your podcasting app, you can give a, a review, a like, a follow, uh, whatever. Those things always help out a great deal. And I've got a bunch of stuff I feel like covering tonight. Oh, look, Sigma is here. Sigma, how you doing? Also, brand new subscriber. Good. Th thank you for joining. Thank you for popping in on this. Uh, Sigma, it's good to see you. So... Let's get to it. I got a lot of stuff to cover, to cover tonight. Tonight we're going to... Uh, my bread and butter is recapping Raw and SmackDown. I'm not abandoning that, folks. We're going to keep doing that because it's always a lot of fun. Probably won't be as extensive or as stretched out <laughs> as I used to do. But I'm still going to do it. And I also want to talk about the G1. I want to talk about Fight of the... I want to talk to... Uh, fight for... Uh, talk about Fight for the Fallen evolve extreme rules there's a whole bunch of stuff i want to talk about we're it's all about previews and recaps here on the mr warren hayes show which i'm also yeah and, and i hope hopefully you guys took the time to uh, to pop in just an hour before here to go to listen to smart to death anthony Souter do his uh his own hour live show we we've combined forces on Thursday nights to give you guys two hours of the best wrestling talk. Anthony will take care of all the news and opinions and so on and so forth. I'm going to keep doing my thing here with recaps and stuff like that. So let's do it. Let's let's get to it then. Let us start talking about um, about Monday Night Raw. Let's let's start it off with that. 
the um, and uh, the uh, oh wait a second maybe <laughs> even before wait one last thing one very last thing before we go in of course one last thing you have to check out and they have to put in your bookmarks is Bell to Bells that is the premier number one I think Anthony Suter called it the mecca of women's wrestling coverage on the internet if you want to know everything about about women's wrestling you want to know uh you you want to get some great opinion by some fantastic writers incredible staff of Kristen Ashley has brought together some fantastic minds and that happens at belltobells.com that's b e l t o b e l e s belltobells.com and um and uh, and and there you go you just enjoy that. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Bell to Bells. Okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. I, got, I think I got all the plugs out of the way. I think we're good. I think we're good. Let's get to it. Let's start talking about Monday Night Raw, which actually started off with, with wrestling. And I mean, that's that's hard to fault. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas. Um, and uh, this, was, this, was, this was fine, except for the fact that I didn't understand the rules. All right? This was supposed to be, or actually it was, a mixed tag team match. So mixed tag team rules in, uh, in, in, uh, in WWE mean very, very simply, very clearly, it means that the female wrestler can only wrestle the female wrestler and the male wrestler can only miss, uh, wrestle the male wrestler. So if the male wrestler tags out to the female while the female on the other side has to come in. That's how it goes, right? But this is an elimination tag team match. So I don't understand what the rules are here. I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't understand the, the, I don't understand the elimination thing at all. Uh, it's the, if you, because basically, see the match, and the, the, uh, it, Becky eliminated Zelina in within the match. But then Zelina, by eliminating Zelina, Becky effectively eliminates herself. So what is the advantage for the team who gets the first pinfall? There is none. You're basically just reducing your match then. You're bringing it back down to a singles match. So I, I failed to understand what the reasoning here was. And I put that on on Twitter and people were like, I was told repeatedly, oh, you're trying to apply logic to WWE, you know, or, uh, you know, and then the counter argument was, well, at least we're getting wrestling on a wrestling show, count your blessings. No, no, no. And here's, I'm go. here we go. I'm ranting already. Here we go. I'm back and I'm back with a rant. Here's the thing. We can get both. And I don't think that it, they're supposed, they should be mutually exclusive. I, I am, I'm okay with having to both logic applied to my wrestling and having wrestling on a wrestling program. I don't think they need to be mutually exclusive and I'm not going to settle for either or. Well, at least it's wrestling. Uh -uh. I'm watching wrestling. I'm supposed to get wrestling. So I'm not like, I shouldn't be thankful for getting wrestling. And the logic part, this is what I'm fed up of. This is what I'm really, really tired of. Oh, it's WWE logic. We are currently, ladies and gentlemen, in a golden age of television. It, for years, we have been blessed with 
extremely high quality television programming that uh, that has become in certain ways even more prestigious than what's been happening in movie theaters. We've had, you know, this is all started back years ago with Six Feet Under. We've had The Sopranos. We've had Breaking Bad. We've had The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. All these incredible television shows that have not only high production values, but fantastic script writing, magnificent stories. If WWE thinks that it can settle itself in for an Emmy Award, it has to step up its game here because it's not by uh, by doing these uh, crisscrossy, wavy-davy, wobbly-bobbly storylines that they are going to achieve that or that they're going to maintain an audience or even get a new audience because we're, we're not... As, a, as television viewers right now in the age that we live in, we have so much choice. We can pick easily the quality stuff that we want to, that we want to watch. And this is something that has to get through WWE's thick skulls. Wrestling, wrestling isn't available just on, uh, isn't, av- let me start over. <laughs> Your 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 television right now in your home doesn't have just doesn't have five to six channels anymore. It has hundreds of channels. You have your subscription services uh, on the side. You it is possible to watch the best television in the world right now. Why would you settle for something that makes you feel stupid or that doesn't reward you for watching it? Why would you do that? And this is exactly a perfect example here. I'm like, please explain to me why this rule makes sense. Why are you delivering this? I get it. I get it. It's because no wrestling during the commercial. I understand the logistics of it, but just because they're doing it for logistic reasons doesn't excuse it. It still has to make sense to me as a viewer. So this match happened, <laughs> and of course, Seth and Becky won. Seth ended up, um, Seth ended up pinning uh, uh, Andrade. Zelina looked really good in this match. Uh, you know, if she, if 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 WWE lets her stretch her legs a little more, uh, you know, we could have, we could definitely have uh, some fantastic matches out of Zelina. I think she only has room to grow. And after the match, uh, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans attack Seth and Becky. They lay out the champs. And boy, did Lacey lay out Becky. Did you guys see that? Chat, react, tell me something. That's That was a straight punch. Punches as finishers are stupid. If she had hit any other finisher, let's say Lacey Evans' finisher was a fucking arrow. Or uh, or a uh, a short arm clothesline, then we would have been oh she hit her her finisher and that would have been that and she wouldn't have hit Becky square in the jaw risking another injury to her. I swear Becky has to be fed up of working with these planks and I'm gonna use her word who keep hitting her square on the jaw with all their force. God damn it! My God. It's so, so dumb. I, and 
to a certain extent, this is this is to a certain extent uh, 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 on Lacey Evans because Lacey. Lacey obviously still has, she has a lot of issues. So in the ring, that's fine. But someone somewhere told her, Lacey, you know what would be a really good idea? And it'd be the few, if you're, if you're, if your finisher was a punch, and we'll call it the women's right. You know, we're going to hearken back to, uh, what was it, Rosie, you know, from the pictures, you know, we can do it from the World War II uh, signs, I should say. Uh, Rosie, the, the, I don't remember her name, but that that's it, right? I, that I understand the callback. That's what they did in NXT back when she was like a an old timey marine soldier. You know, I get it. I get it. I, I understand the reference, but it's still dumb. Had it been any other finisher that she would have hit here, would have had the same kind of impact. Oh, she just took out the champ with her finisher, later let her laying in the ring, but she wouldn't have hit her square in the jaw again. People on the internet will go, oh, where's the where, where's the uh, where's the outcry uh, that Nia Jax had? There was outcry. It's just Nia Jax broke her face. She started bleeding and she had to be taken out. She had a concussion and Nia Jax almost fucked up WrestleMania. I mean, that's why there was much more of an, an outcry here. What Lacey Evans did wasn't any more excusable. It was stupid. It was stupid. Want to say hello to CM Phil who just joined the chat? Um, Anthony says my jaw still hurts after seeing uh, seeing that. Blaine says Zelina needs to wrestle. Period. She looked better than Becky, in my opinion. Um, uh, Carlos says Becky will give her her receipt Sunday. Yeah, B Becky. The last couple of times when she wrestled Lacey Evans, she she wasn't putting up with any of her nonsense. Uh, I can't wait to see it. And Sigma says I saw the replay on YouTube. That was a square shot right on the cheek. Yeah, you could see you could you could even see the flesh. Uh, undulate there's your word of the day folks undulate <laughs> paul Heyman comes out uh and uh he cuts a promo then uh backstage baron corbin and lacey evans gloat as to what's going to happen this sunday saying that their relationship is professional and not personal and that's going to be the secret to their success but then we actually get paul Heyman's promo here where he says he knows something about extreme he happens to know a lot about extreme things in philadelphia uh, he says that Brock is going to cash in this weekend, but he says he's either, either telling the truth or he's screwing with Seth and Kofi. Fair enough. Um, I honestly don't mind Paul Heyman carrying, uh, carrying Brock Lesnar during, uh, building him up like this. That's what he's for. I'm completely okay with it. Um... We have a recap of uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley from last week from the uh, the electrocution. And I remember watching it on Twitter. I'm like, well, this is the night I decide to stop doing the raw recaps. And 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 we're we're burning people alive. We're frying people alive. And this is where I, I decide to stop doing recaps. Of course, of course. But uh, this actually led us into having a last standing match at Extreme Rules. So that's exciting. That's good stuff. Um, we had uh, the first of a series of segments here where Shane and Drew McIntyre run into uh, into uh, gentlemen backstage, non-wrestlers, asking them to, offering them the spot to join uh, Roman Reigns on his, in his tag team uh, for the main event uh, later on in the evening. Um, 
Because that was a match. Shane and Drew versus Roman and a partner of Shane McMahon's choosing. So they're going around, they're talking to a garbage man. A little later on, they run into uh, a... Um, they run into a uh, a guy um, a, a drink a drink dude. What do they call those people? A concession, a mobile concession unit. Is that is that how we call them? Uh, something like that. Anyway, uh, they eventually run into uh, they they meet up with a with a janitor, uh, and the uh, the janitor in question has a uh, he has a bum leg he's limping anyway and they offer him five thousand dollars to uh, just stand on the ring he says i can't wrestle man i have a I, my leg is hurt he said no nah, that's fine we're gonna give you five thousand it was a great segment by the way uh you know the the one with the uh with the janitor i can't remember his name chad if you want to pop that in for me i'd appreciate it um i don't the, the, he, he he sold the whole thing really well well shane man says i'll give you five thousand dollars like ooh, five grand Ooh, that's a that's a lot of money you know it it, it it was perfect it really worked super well i liked it we'll get to the match a little later on but essentially they have they have the janitor at that point um they have the janitor set up here uh to uh to move forward uh to to be um to be roman's partner later on in the evening but before that we get The Miz and The Usos versus The Revival and Elias in a best two out of three falls uh, with The Usos winning with a splash on um, on uh, Scott Dawson here. Uh, look, I, I think we're all... Gary, Gary the Goat. Thank you, Sigma. It is Gary the Goat. It, it is Gary the Goat. And I want to say hello to Hawkeye who just popped in and Kristen who's back as well. My heart sings. Um, so... Um, so basically, the uh, Miz and the Usos, uh, the, the Miz is, excuse me, let me start over. The two out of three falls, again, I understand what they're for. You know, it's for this whole, the, this this no wrestling during commercials thing. It's just really tedious and does not add any drama or interest to the match. They're actually a lot more telegraphed now and, uh, and it kind of sucks. Uh, when the Usos and the Revival fight each other, it is fantastic stuff to watch. These guys are really, really good at what they do, and uh, we should we should all thank our lucky stars that we are going to get this match at Extreme Rules because they're really, really fantastic teams, both of them. Um, you know, of course, this match goes to two falls apiece after. Uh, after first of all uh, the um, the revival hitting the shatter machine um, on um, I think it was on Miz and then Miz hits the uh, Miz hits the uh, skull crushing finale on Scott Dawson uh, we get a super kick party by the Usos really shortly after that uh, Jimmy dive dives onto uh, uh, Dash Wilder who's on the outside and uh, there's the Uso splash on Scott Dawson to cover and win. Um, uh, you know, if it again, I think my enjoyment of this match is hampered by the fact that we're carrying a two out of three rules match for very logistic, dumb reasons, and that bugs me. It really does bug me. Um, then we have Rey Mysterio making his return from injury, and that's really good, uh, especially considering that 
Ray was expected to be out for much longer than that. So it's good that he's returned. He's back from his injury and he has an open challenge and he is ready to fight just about anyone. And the one who comes out is Bobby Lashley, who uh, who eats uh, who eats a six one nine from your boy Ray. But uh, Lashley has a he hits a really nice STO at some point, but ends it with a spear. And um, the uh, in and in the post match, Lashley wants to gorilla press Ray through the LED panels into the uh, into the explodey area. Of, of the back there at the top of the ramp but uh there's a whole bunch of refs that come in and say no don't do it don't don't do it bobby uh, please don't and um uh basically ended up yeah you know he ended up saying uh uh he, he ended up not saying anything just tossing ray onto the referees and all the refs died they're all dead. There's dead refs everywhere. Backstage then we see the club back together and AJ Styles tells Charlie Caruso that he doesn't owe anyone an explanation for what he did last week and that's how it should be. We don't need long-winded, very profound, complicated explanations as to whether or not uh, AJ Styles, as to whether or not, as to how wrestlers act. There, I'll, I'll get to the words, folks. I'm able. By the way, let, guys, let me know in the chat. Are you excited for the club to be back? Are you good with this? Are you, is this fun? This is fun stuff. I want to know if you're good with the club being back together. Um, But just back to my point here. This is wrestling, right? These are all wrestlers. What do we expect wrestlers to do? We expect them to fight. We just expect them to to slug it out for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. They're just there to, to, to punch each other around. And I don't really care if they have good reasons or bad reasons to do it. Uh, AJ does not owe us an explanation as to why he, he attacked Ricochet and joined back with the club. He can do whatever he wants. We just want him to fight. That's it. So I am completely okay with this um carlos in the chat says uh, that he wants finn in the club of course and cm phil is really excited for the club and heal aj of course we want heal aj who doesn't want heal aj It'll do him a lot of good. It was getting a little, his thing was getting a little stale. Let's be, let's be honest with each other. Next, we got Cesaro versus No Way Jose. Uh, basically, Cesaro just beating the complete and utter shit out of No Way Jose. And we were going to find out the next night why they were building Cesaro this way for the past couple of weeks. I like Cesaro's gut wrench suplex. He looks, it looks really, really good. He does the big swing and ends it with a sharpshooter and Jose taps immediately. Uh, next, we had the first of a couple of Street Profits promos, hype promos for Extreme Rules. Chad, I want you right now to start talking about the Street Profits and how you feel they're being used, especially if you're a, an NXT watcher like I am. 
I want you to let me know how you feel they're being used right now on Raw. You want me to tell you how I feel they're being reused? How I feel? They're not being used well. They're not being used like they're supposed to. First and foremost, it's I. they're just there to hype. They're there to hype the company and other wrestlers. I mean, they're good at what they do, but it's... it's You're taking, essentially, your tag team champions, your NXT tag team champions, and they're you're just putting a mic in their hand and saying, come on, uh, guys, uh, yeah, now it's time for you guys to let us know all the, about all the great things that are coming up. And that's not a very champion thing to, to do. It's very strange. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's really all that good. You know, I'm... Again, you know, they have great chemistry together. Montez Ford is fantastic. He's always been fantastic. They're very close to what they do in NXT, but I mean, what a waste, right? To just have them out there being, just being hype people. It's, it's really strange and I'm not sure I'm into it. Like I'm, I, and here's the other thing. They're currently your NXT tag team champions, and is this is this a call up? Like, are have they been called up to Raw? And if so, this is going to be the second consecutive NXT tag team champions that have been called up to Raw. With the War Raiders, the War, the War, why, the Viking War experience, the Viking Raiders. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that this is, I'm not sure this is really working for them or that it's, it's useful even. Um, CM Phil says Montez is great in the backstage stuff, but they don't need to be on main roster yet. And it shows, uh, Anthony says they're just a Kay and Peel from Toy Story 4. Uh, Carlos says Street Profits are being misused on Raw. Sigma says, I don't understand the pension for taking NXT tag champs from NXT. It's nuts. It's nuts. And Tim, of course, wonders, as we all do, Tim, why the Street Profits are on main roster. I don't understand it either. Next, we had uh, Mike Kanellis apologizing to Maria for, for what happened, you know, and... Uh, she says she wants ice cream and pickles because she's pregnant. He brings her flowers and, you know, she's like, I love you too. They get all lovey-dovey. Oh, I love you too. But then she wants ice cream and pickles because she's pregnant. Because, because that's what women like, right? That's what they want when, they, when, when, when they're pregnant. They want ice cream and pickles. I swear, right? This is Vince McMahon. And, and then you sit there, Maria, and you say you want ice cream and pickles. And then you get you get really mad because your your female hormones, you can't control them, right? You just can't. You, you're bubbling over with rage because, because you're craving the pickles and the ice cream together. You're just, you, that's all you want. That's all women want when they're pregnant. I get women. I understand women. I'm Vince McMahon. Basically. That's exact. That's probably exactly 
how it went. Um, and I know a lot of people aren't into this angle. I want to see how this plays out. I have very little confidence in WWE creative that they will be able to construct some, something here that will ultimately be entertaining and will help elevate Mike Kanellis's career. I, but I look, it's for me, it's a wait and see. It's a wait and see. We, we're actually getting some story progression. This is advancing. I'm on wait and see mode. Uh, the Viking Raiders destroyed a uh, crew of jabronis and then the uh, the 24-7 people, 24-7 crew arrived and then they hit the bricks. Anyway, just a quick segment. I gotta tell you, the 24-7 stuff on Raw this week was probably, well, was not quite the best stuff that we had seen uh, for a while, for a while. Next, we have Ricochet versus Luke Gallows. Uh, Ricochet knows what he's in with, uh, what he's in for with the club. He's he's ready. He knows that they're going to dick around. And AJ cuts a promo and they recap the events that led to AJ's heel turn last week. And uh, Ricochet, basically, he spends the match eating a lot of uh, Gallows's offense, who does his best to ground Ricochet, which is the smartest tactic. And he destroys Ricochet with the lariat, but Ricochet rolls uh, Luke Gallows up for a small package and wins the match. But then AJ grabs the microphone, sets up a match. Apparently he has that power to set up matches against Carl Anderson. And Carl and Ricochet go at it. And in any other setting, I think, than in this compact, really, really quick environment, honestly, Carl Anderson and Ricochet would be a great match. Uh, Anderson, uh, Anderson just comes in with some really great strikes. Um, Anderson uh, whips Ricochet into the ropes at some point. And Ricochet Fosbury flops onto Luke Gallows, who's on the outside. He does the parkour moonsault onto AJ Styles. It hits the 630 on um, Anderson for the win. That was It was a, a great ending by Ricochet. But then the club comes in to beat it up, to beat him up. And they he eats finishers. He just eats finishers. He eats the, the phenomenal form. He eats a magic killer. And AJ goes to, to do the second rope styles clash like he did last week. But he's like, nah, it's not worth it. Ah, this was great. This was, this was fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, next, we have the beat the clock challenge. Bailey and... Alexa, not Alexa, but uh, Nikki Cross standing in for Alexa Bliss in a beat the clock challenge. Whoever wins the beat the clock challenge will get to pick the stipulation of Alexa Bliss versus Bailey at uh, at Extreme Rules. So I'm good with that. But uh, WWE needs to mix up the way that they approach um, beat the clock matches because they have a history of not having the second person win the match it just like the, uh, not having the first person win the match it, more more often than not the first person who goes will never actually win it anyway bailey gets to face sarah logan who is no longer in the riot squad but comes out to riot squad music and riot squad titantron but there's no more riot squad so you know uh this all goes back to my point earlier on about logic and things making sense and the golden age of television. This is fucking stupid. 
Um, uh, Bailey gets in control early on, and early on, also, the audience is doing the uh, Hey Bailey song, which uh, warms my heart. I'm glad that's sort of making a comeback from time to time. Logan does a standing cloverleaf at some point, uh, but uh, but uh, Bailey hits a sunset bomb and gets Logan pinned at 432. Nikki Cross comes out to face Dana, Dana Brooke, who stalls. Dana Brooke stalls at first. And she goes and she high-fives Bailey. She says, I got your back. By God, this was fantastic. You guys know, if you've watched me long enough, you guys know that this is, uh, that this is, uh, I love me a good stall. But, I mean, this is a stall that even made sense where Dana's like, no, I'm just going to run this out. Oh, that was so, so good. Uh, Dana misses a swanton, but uh, basically to, uh, at the end of the match, and Nikki Cross hits the purge at a minute and 50 seconds. No, there was a minute and 50 seconds left, so that would bring us to, I don't know, I can't do math. Every, yeah, I can't do math. She beat her in like three minutes and 12 seconds or something like that. Uh, and Nikki basically says, find yourself a friend, a true and loyal friend like Alexa, because I'm making this match a two-on-one for Sunday, two against one. So basically, Bailey and, uh, basically, Bailey is going to be in a handicap match against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, Becky slaps, uh, uh, not Becky, but Bailey slaps the taste out of Nikki's mouth and then drops the top rope elbow on her to finish, uh, to finish this segment off because Bailey's pissed. She thinks this is stupid. Nikki's being played. I do think Nikki's being played. Um, and uh, they're really leaning in hard. Sasha returning, aren't they? And I think she is going to show up on Sunday. I'll talk about it a little, a little bit when we when we talk about Extreme Rules in a short while. Uh, Mike Kanellis is back with the pickles and ice cream. But now Maria Kanellis doesn't want any. Oh, because women are, uh, women are, they're, they're fickle, they're fickle creatures. They can't make up their minds when they're pregnant. <laughs> she asks, she asks Mike, she says, would you impregnate me? Would you impregnate me? And he says, I didn't impregnate you right now. <laughs> but Maria basically tells old Mike that she's not even sure he's the dad so that's a thing. Uh, a few things in the chat. First of all, Chris Spizak is here. How you doing, Chris? Good to see you. Um, Sarah Logan, uh, Carlos says Sarah, Sarah Logan should get with the with the Raiders uh, because she is technically a Viking. Just to get up. Plus, she's a, a Viking via marriage as well. Sam Phil says Dana was great. Uh, I didn't think uh, I didn't think she should have got squashed. And Tim says I can't recall this. Did Riot Squad break up? Well, they did break them up with the um, with the uh, the brand split when they sent Liv onto uh, onto the other side. Anywho, we are at our main event now, ladies and gentlemen, where we have Shane and Drew versus Roman and Gary the Goat. Who's wearing a lucha mask because they uh, Drew and Seth had said uh, not not Drew and Seth excuse me Drew and Shane had said uh, Gary you need to cover your face 
because you know you're going to be famous now if you, if you walk out into the street you're going to be recognized everywhere you know and this is not necessarily what we want from you we want you to have a nice quiet life give you your 5k and that'll be that so you should wear you should wear a mask so of course you know what this is leading to of course gary the goat garbutt comes out roman is in the ring and he hits a samoan drop but he eats a headbutt uh, he gets pushed into Gary, who tags in, who starts sit hitting all sorts of springboard offense and a Topican Hilo. And when I saw that Topican Hilo, I was like, wait a second. And Kristen can attest to this. We were watching it together. Like, hang on a second. I should know who this guy is. This is, I know, wait a second. This is Cedric Alexander. And when he removes his mask and it's revealed that it's Cedric Alexander, Kristen's like, ooh, good call. Yeah, I know my 205 guys. Um, but what was stupid here was uh, having Cedric Alexander be pinned, right? Otherwise, why do the reveal? Why do the whole hidden thing? That's what didn't work ultimately. Having Cedric Alexander come out and be um, having Cedric Alexander come out and be the uh, be the hero, you know, help get a win. That would have been something and would have actually helped elevate him a bit. I mean. It, it's not it's not a bad thing that he was um it's not a bad thing that he was included into a main event on raw uh, you know arguably or at least in the head of many people probably in creative one of the most popular not popular but one of the top angles in the entire company right now with Shane um I mean it's it's good for him but it would have really helped if he hadn't got pinned. That would have been fantastic. I get that they're building the heel heat for, for this Sunday, which makes the decision all the more weirder because they knew they couldn't, I don't know. I, it's, 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 all, it's all very strange to me. But it was Cedric Alexander under the mask. Let's move on to SmackDown now. Oh boy, did SmackDown tear tear it off, tear it tear it down. By the way, Raw wasn't very good. <laughs> it was a very it was it was a very pedestrian episode of of Monday Night Raw, wouldn't you say? I would say so. It was very very bland. However, moving on to SmackDown, um, it started off with uh, with a bang with uh, Dolph Ziggler uh, having a an interview outside in the parking lot while Kevin Owens arrives in his car, starts honking his horn. And they get into words and they start brawling. Kevin gets a bloody lip and Shane comes in and tosses him off the premises. He says, I will not stand for this. You're the instigator. You hit the bricks. Get out of here, Owens. I'm bouncing your ass. You are out of here for the night. Well, we cut to the arena where the commentators are doing their spiel, setting everything up for the evening. Kevin Owens goes rogue, hops the barricade, grabs a microphone, and he says Shane has more power and authority, more power, authority, and screen time, and nobody wanted that. Nobody wants to see that. So Shane comes out, and he gets Kevin Owens' mic cut off. Kevin Owens sort of just tosses it aside, jumps down, because he was on commentary desk, right? Jumps down, goes to the timekeeper area, asks for another microphone, and he basically, there are plenty of microphones here, stupid. That was fantastic. And uh, and he continues his spiel. Uh, Shane gets that one cut off too. So Kevin Owens just grabs 
Byron Saxton's headset and he starts talking directly into the microphone, basically saying that, it, you know, Shane is taking time off, calling himself the best in the world and that's ridiculous and he's taking time uh, from all the people backstage who are working hard and they're not being on TV because of him and he starts dropping names. Mustafa Ali, AOP, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Buddy Murphy, Liv Morgan. Security runs in to, 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 to catch him, but he hits the bricks. He, he runs out of the arena. That was fun. And if by any chance, if by any, any chance, um, if by any stretch of the imagination, you thought that Kevin Owens was still a heel after this, well, you're wrong. You are completely wrong. That was a fun segment. That was fantastic. And uh, we are not done with uh, with uh, Kevin Owens yet. Next, we have uh, we have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor, who had a pretty good match for what it was. Uh, it was very very short. Clearly setting up Shin <coughs> Shinsuke as a contender for Finn's Intercontinental Championship. Both of these guys hadn't hadn't wrestled on SmackDown since the end of April. I think Shinsuke's last television match was on April. 24th and uh and Finn's was on April 30th so it was like old homie week um Shin uh, this was this was fun for what it was uh and uh it actually ended up with uh, Shinsuke being very brutal to Finn on the floor uh just tossing him out on the floor and Kinshasaing him tossing him into the steps be beating him up on the outside and Shinsuke rolling back in to try and get the the count out win, but Finn just won't stay down. But it does end in the ring with a Kinshasa by uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. <coughs> Excuse me. Who pins Finn Balor. <coughs> and of course, that means that he's up for a title shot. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, we haven't seen these guys wrestle in so long. I, uh, this, this could be good. This could be good. Um, Dolph is backstage with uh, Shane, Elias, and Drew, and he says that he wants a match tonight, even though Kevin Owens was thrown out, and Shane is giving him Roman Reigns for the evening, and instead of cowering in fear, Dolph goes, that's good shit, pal. I like it. And instead of going, wait, don't do that. So, th that was a nice little... That was a nice little uh, a, a, a nice little bit of character work there. Get a Samoa Joe promo, uh, basically saying, uh, basically reminding us that he feels, you know, that he thinks that Kofi is just playing everyone, and um, that he's uh, that Kofi's lying to everyone, and he achieved his greatness off the backs of his friends, his family, and loved ones, and he's going to become WWE champion this Sunday. Oh boy. Uh, nothing says exciting, um, um, nothing says, uh, um, uh, oh, how exciting, <coughs> excuse me, uh, how exciting wrestling is with a contract signing. We got that between Bailey and Nikki Cross. I hate contract signings and this did nothing to, ch to change my mind, except that we learned in this match, in, in this, in this match, this contract signing here. That uh, that um, Nikki and Bay uh, that if Nikki wins, excuse me, I'm gonna get to it. If Nikki wins, she and 
um, she and uh, 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 Alexa are going to become um, are going to become co-champions. Share the share the title, basically. This leads us into a match then where Nikki Cross uh, is uh, fighting Carmella, and uh, this was not good. It, it it was not it was not good. I don't think either of the ladies were really on the same page here. Um, and it ends when uh, Nikki hits the purge. Uh, uh, when she hits, well, she hits. She goes for a first purge. Doesn't work out, but the second one does connect and wins. So yeah, that you know, we'll see what happens this Sunday. But um, man, I am, if I never see another contract signing again, it'll be too soon. Hey, remember three weeks ago? Remember three weeks ago when we were told that the Kabuki Warriors were going to face the Iconics in Tokyo? And if they won the match, they were going to get a shot at the WWE Tag Team Women's titles? Do you remember that? Remember that happened two weeks ago? Well, three weeks ago when they announced that? Well, the match happened two weeks ago. We're two weeks later. Now we're going to tell you. We're going to, hey, by the way, the Kabuki Boo Warriors won and uh, they're going to have a title shot. When? Ah, we don't know. Soon. That was essentially this segment here. God. Uh, <coughs> why did they wait for three weeks before bringing this back? It's such a shame what they... What they uh, it's really a shame that they're, it's really a shame that they're dropping the ball with the women's titles, with the women tag team titles like this, and that they're not really giving it any, any real gumption. This is not against the Iconics. I like the Iconics. I think they're fantastic at what they do. It's a good, um, it, it it's a good, um, they're, they're a good team to carry the titles, Right. But, oh my God, I wish they'd just give them, take them a little more seriously. But yeah, the match is coming, says Paige. It's coming. I want to say hello to uh, CJ with Godspeed Entertainment, who just joined us. Robert Larry agrees the contract signings in the WWE are a complete waste of our time, period. CM Phil says it was really weird that Alexa was on TV, wasn't on TV all this week, and she has a match on Sunday. So yeah, I think uh, in a certain way it works storyline wise with Nikki, you know, doing all the work, but it is a little strange. Next, we had a tag team summit where we had all three teams participating in the SmackDown Tag Team Champion Triple Threat Match at Elimination Chamber. We had all all three teams cut promos on each other, basically. Uh, And um, Big E E was dropping some some fierce innuendo during this one, talking about that he was... This wasn't what he was expecting when they said that uh, that I was going to be in a three-way... And he said after the match, you know, when the New Day win, they become six-time champs. We'll go see Kofi. And all three can touch their championship tips. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Big E. Uh, then um, Brian and Rowan come out and they cut a promo and so do Heavy Machinery. But this actually leads into a triple threat match between Woods, Brian, and Otis Dozovich of 
um, of uh, heavy machinery, um, which was uh, which was a fun match uh, that ended up with uh, Otis um, hitting the caterpillar and uh, putting hitting a big power slam and putting uh, Xavier Woods away was a match that played off of Otis's strength. You know, they're doing a fantastic job pushing, um, uh, pushing um, heavy machinery now, really giving them the, uh, the, uh, well, the push, the, uh, the, 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 something to work with that will also play off their strengths and not have them come off as complete goofballs either. You know, because that's what they started to do at first, right? You know, with, Otis screaming at women and, you know, just, you know, uh, uh, having, going into conniptions and stuff like that. And then they started referencing, referencing the Bushwhackers. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's the worst right there. You know, the, when they started coming down, coming down the ring doing this and, but no, they're sort of making them come across as a little more serious, a little, they, you know, they feel like a very nineties tag team. They feel like a throwback team. To that era and it works well in that because Otis is extremely convincing and Tucker Knight is a fantastic fantastic big man as well so we'll see what happens uh this weekend but um uh, in in any extent they're doing a good job building these guys we have a segment backstage where Ember Moon is pissed because Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville cut the line and take an orange at catering you also have Ali being a uh, having another one of his uh, street promos, and finally we get the big reveal: who was knocking at uh, Alistair Black's door? Well, it was Cesaro? Chad, I want to know how you feel about that, but um, I'm going to tell you straight off the bat: your boy Warren, he's okay with that. I think that Cesaro. Being Aleister Black's first singles competitor, uh, opposition on main roster. I think it's a fantastic fit. Cesaro is super talented. He's strong. He strikes hard. He's an all-around fantastic wrestler. Aleister needs the kind... He's the kind of guy who can lay in and take it as well. And Aleister needs to come out with his striking game on point. And Cesaro won't be afraid to eat big strikes and he'll be able to, to double back on it. This should be a this should be a fantastic match at, uh, at Extreme Rules. It really should be. And, you know, I've been reading a lot of people on, uh, on uh, social media who say that um, uh, there's a lot of people saying that, uh, oh, it should, oh, why Cesaro shouldn't have been Bray? No, it should not have been Bray. <clears throat> it because when Bray comes back, Bray has to win. They built him up too much. He has to win. Alistair, this is his first match as a singles guy. He has to win. And they've been building him up too. They, they just would have painted themselves in a corner. Not saying I don't want them to see them down the line go at it, but not now. Cesaro, it'll be it'll be fine. He'll uh Alistair will in all likelihood get the W and will look really good in the process. So Good job. Uh, then uh, Kofi Kingston cuts a promo saying that he's going to win this Sunday, but it all comes to an end in this final match, main event, Roman Reigns versus Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph is accompanied to the ring by 
Shane McMahon and Elias and Drew and they surround Roman at some point. Oh, goodness gracious, how will Roman overcome the odds? It's just basically standard Roman offense. Drew and Elias poke around. They try to prod him into attacking them, but eventually Drew posts Roman while the ref is distracted. Elias interferes in the match. Dolph hits the zigzag, but Roman kicks out at 2.9. Roman hits a, does his, uh, his tope, uh, his tope con hilo, and man, he overshot it so much. It, had he overshot it more than that, he'd probably be dead. Man. But um, but he gets the he gets the win, and at the end, Kevin Owens runs back in and stunners Shane McMahon to a huge reaction from the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Owens, your new number one babyface in the company. <clears throat> what a great way to have built him. <clears throat> that that is fantastic. It was perfectly built. There's nothing else you can say here. Blaine says, Alistair Black versus Cesaro, good shit, pal. CJ says that it should be a great match, at least on paper. That is true. Blaine even adds that it feels like a takeover match between Alistair and Cesaro. Uh, Robert Larry even goes as far as to say that the Black Cesaro and Ricochet Styles matches will steal the show. There we go. So that wraps up our week in WWE Raw. And before we talk about something else, I just want to point out two two things to you folks. If you if you if you like stuff and things, you know, this whole thing about me being dead and you like to you maybe maybe you yourself, you know, your people seem to think that you're dead for some reason. Well, I made a t-shirt so that people like me who get constantly asked, "Are you dead? I thought you were dead." I I have a t-shirt made and it's written, I'm not dead on it. Perhaps you've, perhaps you've seen it like right up, uh, right up here, <laughs> right up there. Uh, it's, it's been scrolling a couple of times here in the video. Nice t-shirt that I made, crafted with love. And thanks to the folks at Kayfabe Tees, I can offer those to you so that you as well can prove to the world that you are not dead by wearing it proudly on your chest. Just go to whatapparel.com slash I'm not dead without any punctuation. Pick it up there. Order order it. Buy it. Wear it proudly because we're all alive here, folks. We're all alive. <laughs> and you'll also support the Warren Hayes show, which is which is neat, which is fine, you know. And I'll be able to buy some Starbucks for my girlfriend once in a while. And if you want to help out also immediately, you can, uh, yeah, I set up a little tipping, uh, a little page for tips as well. So if, if you feel like dropping a couple of bucks there, that would be super appreciated as well. You can just, you just head on over to tinyurl.com slash Warren Tips, W-A-R-R-E-N Tips. Uh, and uh, that'd be fantastic. It, it's not mandatory, but it is greatly appreciated. Let's see, I, I I wanted to do this th this change of format because I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about other stuff than WWE, 
I just... Uh, did I say Warren Tips? No, it's Tip Warren. TinyURL.com slash Tip Warren. So, essentially... We're going to talk about the G1 a little bit. We're going to talk about some New Japan. We had the uh, Climax in Dallas this uh, this week. That was a good thing. That was a fun show. That was really, really a fun show. A lot of people thought B A Block was going to be so-so, but holy crap, that was a lot of fun. I did the a full recap show over on Fightful.com if you want to get my full thoughts on it. A couple of things that, uh, that um, well, there was one big piece of news that came out. And that's that New Japan is coming over to the East Coast of the United States in uh, September. They're doing Boston, New York City, and uh, Philadelphia on the 27, 28, and 29. They're running the they're they're running much smaller venues than the American Airlines Center. Forty six hundred paid, right? At the American, just as a little segue, forty six hundred paid uh, for a twenty thousand seat arena. Look. Um, I'm convinced that they were, you know, they're, look, you have to try stuff, right? And people were like, oh, this was a failure. Eh, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, you know, it's not, you're basically just filling out a fifth, yeah, a fifth of the arena, a little more than the fifth, but, um, so it's not exactly a good look, but man, that crowd was into it. And I think they've learned from this uh that uh you know if they do come when they do come back they should run smaller places which is what they're doing in 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 uh in September the Lowell Memorial is uh 2800 places Hammerstein is like 22 2300 seated and um in uh and in uh, Philadelphia they're running they're running the uh, 2300 arena formerly known as the ECW arena and that's like, that's tiny. That's like uh, about 1,200 people I get into there. 1,300 at the most. <clears throat> so, um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's smart for them to, to do this, uh, to do the tour again in the United States, smaller venues. I, you know, it makes, it makes better business sense than to, uh, than to draw, than to try and draw big arenas. And, and failing to do so. But then again, you know, one thing that that didn't help is that they, in, in the set, they didn't tarp off the seats between, you know, at on the arena side that probably weren't on sale anyway, but it didn't help. It didn't help to give the impression that the, uh, or actually it helped give the impression that the arena was empty, even though logically they wouldn't be selling the the they they wouldn't have sold the uh the seats on either side of the uh, entrance ramp that that would have been that would have been just silly it would have been would have been just ridiculous but man i like this show from top to bottom it was such a great way to kick off uh the the, the G1 climax this year um uh, and even i even dug the uh the pre-block shows i thought uh, Rapungi 3K and the Gorillas of Destiny was a great way to open the match. Ishii and and uh, Shota Imuno versus uh, Jeff Cobb and Ren Narita was a lot of fun and got me so hyped up for Cobb versus Ishii this weekend. 
And they didn't do much. Just told story in the ring that they want to beat the shit out of each other. And I am excited for it. Just like, oh man. And they had a pull apart brawl at the end. I can't wait for their match this Saturday. That's going to be great. Jay White and Chase Owens versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshi Trashi was was very good as well. Probably, you know, I'd give I give it an extra an extra uh, uh, nudge of approval because Yoshihashi didn't pull out the butterfly lock, so that's always good. Um, Lij versus uh, Justin Liger, Juice Robinson and Toru Yano was a lot of fun. Set up all these matches for B Block. Yano and uh, and Naito was brief, but so much fun. But and then we got into the block matches where Lance Archer defeated Will Ospreay in a fantastic match, and it was such a great way to kick off the G One. Um, Archer changed his look, looks fantastic, and he had a great showing here. Had a series of power bombs on uh, of power bomb moves like uh, three consecutive. Different power bombs on on Osprey. Osprey did everything he can to put him away. Look, this was really really good. These guys have great chemistry together. I'll have them. I'll watch them fight each other whenever. Bad Luck Folly versus Evil was was very very slow. It was clearly the uh, the worst show of of uh, the ma- the worst match of the show. But then again, it wasn't you know hair pullingly terrible. Wasn't something that you cry about. It's just especially considered. Uh, I think I like I posted on Twitter. This was like, you know, calling this the the worst match of the show was basically like saying which of my gold bars is the shiniest. It wasn't an extraordinary match, but it wasn't it wasn't bad either. But man, this is no longer the bad luck folly of old. He's changed, man. Zack Saber Jr. lost to Sonata. This was a lot of fun. Great counters. Sonata showing that he can keep up. It was a great story that they that they told here that ended up with a very, very uh, simple premise. And that is that Sonata just was the better man this evening. That was a lot, a lot of fun. Kenta versus Kota Ibushi was surprising because Kenta was basically in control this entire match. Ibushi basically got whooped. And uh, and it was a great showing for Kenta coming back. Uh, this was, I think it was his first match since leaving WWE. And man, he needs and needed and needs to continue to have a great showing going on. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure here that he, um, he, uh, he uh, took away some uh, some of the doubters. He reduced some of the doubt because this was a fantastic match. I was just surprised at how much how much uh, striking uh, Kenta was able to to deliver on Ibushi as opposed to Ibushi himself, who is a he's a great striker out of his own. And the main event, Kazuchika Okada defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, I mean you know, this was this was a treat. You know, this was a this was a treat. Tanahashi was on his game, hitting a high fly flow off the uh, uh, off the turnbuckle post to the outside. Okada is just I want to say on top of his game, but he's always I I think he's been on top of his game for the past three years. It's ridiculous. 
this was this was really good. Uh, it was a great match and a great main event. Um, this, this is fantastic. Now, what's amazing here, what's really, really fantastic is what this sets up going forward for the... Um, uh, this is going forward with the uh, with the G one as uh, as things continue to progress. Is that Tanahashi now? And this is John was pointing it out when he did uh, when he joined me on Fightful for the uh, for the uh, climax recap. Uh, it was an excellent observation. Tanahashi here is in a is in a position to lose, you know, because even if he maintains. Like he has to keep up with Okada now, and even if he does keep up with Okada, if, even if Okada loses one match, uh, he and they have the same number of wins. Uh, Tanahashi lost the tiebreaker to Okada, so effectively, Tanahashi, unless Okada goes on a massive losing streak, um, effectively Tanahashi is in a position to lose. So this is essentially, uh, this is essentially Okada's block to win at this point, like because I, I, I really don't think that they're going to. Uh, I really don't think that they're going to book this in a way where, where Okada is just going to start losing matches right and left. I don't think, but I mean, you know, weirder things have happened. Let's put it that way. Uh, let's see here. So we have, so basically, <coughs> basically, excuse me, we have as the G1, as far as the G1 goes, we have, uh, we have four, um, four matches, uh, four blocks, um, excuse me, four days of blocks within the next week, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then next Thursday, uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday, the block matches are the, these are going to be the first block matches for, for B block. We're going to have John Moxley versus Tai Chi. I think Moxley's going to win. <laughs> we have a Naito versus Yano, which is going to be fun because Naito is not going to put up with any of Yano's shit. This is such a great pairing. Naito's going to win. Tomohiro Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. This is a, a bit of a toss up because I think that. Look, you can put Ishii in the ring with anyone, and they're gonna he's gonna have a fantastic match. This is going this is the match I'm most looking forward to the entire weekend. And God knows we have a lot of wrestling going on this weekend. But um I really think that Jeff Cobb is going to be the is going to be the dark horse out of here. I definitely see him picking up the win on Ishii. And uh, and both men looking fantastic in the process. And then the main event is going to be Hiroki Goto versus Jay White. I don't think White is going to lose, but I think, despite the fact that I feel that Hiroki Goto needs some needs a good boost, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, um, but I'm not going to go through uh, the entire uh, uh, the entire weekend of G1 activities. But man, Saturday, are you kidding me? Ishii versus Cobb. I can't wait for that. And just for the to set the record, this in case it's not clear, because I, I don't think I've had the chance yet to really talk about the G1. Uh, my overall prediction 
is Naito winning the G1? I think at this stage, it's safe to say Okada versus Naito in the finals with Naito getting the getting the spot at Wrestle Kingdom. John from uh, No Particular Angle, JPQ, proposed that it's that it's Kazuchika Okada who wins, which would be the first time in about 15 years that a, uh, a reigning IWGP heavyweight champion would win the G1. And that allows him to pick his opponent and he would pick Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. But I think it's a better story to have uh, to have Naito uh, win. So yeah, we were talking about <clears throat> the fact that there's a lot of wrestling this weekend. Holy shit. Holy shit. Because um, not only... Not only do we have um, not, not only do we have the G1, but we have Fight for the Fallen, right? Uh, the AEW show, the um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The charity show, the uh, the uh, that they are doing. Um, uh, it's a charity event, Warren. It's not all that complicated. The event that they are doing. Uh, that uh, for the uh, proceeds uh, where they are going to donate the proceeds to victims of gun violence, uh, doing it in Jacksonville, Florida, which was uh, the site of a of a very heinous um, and uh, gut wrenching um, uh, attack. Um, what is it? Has it has it been a year? Yes, it has been a year. So uh, you know it's a great it's a great thing that uh, that they're doing, and we're going to get this match. He- we're going to get this card here. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff on it, despite the fact that it really does feel like a slapdash show. There's not really any true build to it. I mean, it's still hard for them to do true builds. They don't have television yet, but you know, there there's it. It seems all over the place. But let's just run through the card with a few quick predictions. Um, We have the... uh, We have the Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson versus... Player two. Versus Angelico and Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I think this should be a lot of fun. I think the Dark Order have to win. You know, I earlier this week on Twitter, I, I wasn't super familiar with the Dark Order, formerly known as Super Smash Bros. Wasn't super familiar with their tag team work. I'd seen a couple of matches, but very distractedly, and I asked for some good examples. As usual, Twitter timeline, you guys provided me with some fantastic matches. The Dark Order gimmick is is not getting over. It's a little weird. Uh, and I, I, I was at the point where I was saying, well, just let the guys fight. Just let them fight. Especially after watching the matches that I was shown, that it was suggested, I was like, no, what AEW has to do here clearly is let the guys fight, let them get over like that, and then have just the gimmick reinforce their skill in the ring because they are fantastic. So I think they need the win here. Angelico and Jack Evans are fantastic. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I think they're such a great pairing. My God. Such a, that is, that is such a fantastic pairing. But uh, I really do believe the Dark Order need this win they really really do 
Sunny Kiss is going to be fighting the librarian Peter Avalon, uh, which should be uh, a, a lot of fun because Peter Avalon is a good wrestler. Sunny Kiss is a good wrestler. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to Sunny Kiss winning this match. Pretty sure that's what's going to happen. We have a tag team match um, between uh, SoCal and Censored. It's going to be Kazarian and Scorpio Sky versus the Lucha Bros. Man, you know, I got to tell you guys, I am a big, big, big fan of SoCal Uncensored. I think their tag team work is outstanding. I, I know at Double or Nothing, a lot of people are like, oh, <clears throat> the the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks and uh, and Lucha Bros match of the night. It was so good. Was, I really, really preferred um the the uh, the match that SoCal Uncensored was involved in what was it the, it was the triple triple threat I I thought it was miles better that's just me it all becomes a question of taste I think SoCal is the tightest team that they have here Lucha Brothers are fantastic they're really really good but as far as you know, as wrestling skills go SoCal and Censored are so, so tight. But I think the Lucha Brothers are going to win here. I think they're um, they're part of the future of the division. <laughs> Chris and Ashley, excuse me, Chris and Ashley in the chat is trying to lay her French on me. Uh, saying, Bonne merde, mon pote. Which, which I know she's trying to say, Good shit, pal. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not exactly. That's not exactly. Well, I mean, I understand, but <laughs> yeah, I would. I would see. Uh, yeah, because there's no such thing as good shit in French. Look, I'm gonna avoid the French lesson for now. We'll uh, we'll 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 discuss this later, sweetie. That's really funny. Bonne merde, mon pote. Six-man tag team match. Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela versus MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. Um, <clears throat> I hope that there's a story between MJF and Sean Spears here because MJF is, uh, because MJF is uh, Cody's boy and uh, he clearly didn't like the, the chair shot attack. So there has to be a story here that happens. There has to be something. There's no, there's no logic into putting these two into a into a match together. They just it just isn't. It just doesn't work. Um, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela look. I mean, they're all great. They're all fantastic guys. Um, and these are all people who deserve to be on the cards. They all deserve to be on TV. People need to get to know them. Sandy Guevara as well. But um, you know this feels really thrown together. I I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, in in any extent, I think Sean Spears' team is going to win. I think Sean Spears is going to get the pin because they need to build him as a son of a bitch. Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. It's a shame, but Kip Sabian's going to lose because Adam Page is being pushed to the moon. He is likely going to be their first world champion and kit but this should be fun 
I'm looking forward to it. I love Kip Sabian. I think he's fantastic. Brandy Rhodes versus Ali. Uh, um, yeah, you know, this, I don't know. I don't know. Brandy's not, uh, she's not, she's not the best. She's okay. She's not the best. Ali can go. We'll see what kind of situation happens here. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. And if I were Brandy Rose, if I were the company, I would put one of my uh, for, one of my uh, 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 one of my staff over. There we go. I'd I'd put Ali over because I think there's a lot more. Uh, I think there's a lot more for Ali to. Ali would gain a lot more winning this match than Brandy would. Brandy is over. She's always going to be over. She's, you know, she's part of the company. She's, uh, you know, I think, I think she, uh, I think she definitely, um, I think she, 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 she'll always have a strong position within AEW. But as far as Ali goes, I think she need. I, I think she, it'd be a bigger advantage for her to get the, to get the win here. We have Kenny Omega versus Shima, which is, which should tear the house down. If Kenny is in that mood, you know, and Shima works the strong style, you know, Kenny is used to that. He'll probably get a little excited. This match should be fantastic. I, you know, I feel like a lot of people are going to be are sleeping on it, but this could be really, really good. And I think Omega goes over. And finally, you have Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. And, you know, it's basically a battle of brothers who are the best brothers, who are the best bros. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it'll it probably be a lot of fun. It'll probably be a lot of fun. But uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a... There's no stakes to anything. It's just like stuff happening, but it's for a good cause. I say the Young Bucks go over because just because there's more executive vice presidents on that team than on the other team. <laughs> um, you see, Phil says either Awesome Kong uh, will come out and interfere or someone else will probably in the Brandy Alley match. Kristen says, I'm all for surprises. CJ says, Kenny needs the win. Yeah, I'd say so. I, you know, I think he needs to be built up strong for his feud against uh, Moxley. Uh, Carlos says, Omega wins, gets jumped by Moxley. In the end, Moxley's in Japan. He's competing in the G1. He's not going to be there. Um, yeah, there we go. And CJ also says, Bucks are mainstay. Rhodes Brothers winning doesn't, uh, it makes no sense. And I mean, you can also argue, this is an argument that I also like to make sometimes, even though that it, it feels a little ancient in our times, but um, the, uh, uh, the um, it, it makes more sense for a tag team to be two singles guys, right? Because the tag team, the tag team is, uh, they're used to being a tag team. The two single guys are not, even if they are brothers. Our weekend of wrestling rolls on. We have Evolve 131. The 10th anniversary, look, I'm going to be 
completely transparent with you guys. If it wasn't for the fact that I'm covering Fight for the Fallen for Fightful this Saturday, I would probably be watching Evolve 131 Live. It has such fantastic... Oh, by the way, on AEW, uh, we also have uh, B. Priestley, Priestley, B. Priestley, Britt Baker, and uh, Shoko Nakajima, who have all been announced on the show, but uh, they haven't been given a match yet, at least at, at the moment that I'm recording this. So we still have uh, all those ladies to uh, to look forward to see uh, at Fight for the Fallen. But back to back to uh, Extreme Rules, uh, not Extreme Rules, Evolve One Thirty One. And I know, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, boo! WWE putting this show up against AEW. You know, what a bunch of jackasses." Mm -hmm. But this is what this is what a lot of us have been wanting: some competition. You know. AEW is some great competition for WWE. Well, WWE is going to strike back. They're going to start firing back. Yeah, but they're doing it. Uh, it's, a, it's a charity show for... Yeah, yes, yes, I will give you that. It's a little scummy on that end. But all's fair in love and war. And, you know, everyone cheered and thought it was so great when Cody came out and smashed uh, the Triple H throne and was like, yeah, fuck WWE, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. WWE is going to strike back. They're going to fight back and they're not going to beat up props of Stardust. They're going to go head to head. The, the message that WWE, the message that WWE is sending out here is clear, right? It's like, you want to play in our league? You want to come up against us? Well, fine. We're going to throw what we have at you. We're going to put the, the Evolve show live on TV. Now, outside of all that politicking, Guys, gals, Evolve ending up on the network is such a huge deal. And if you're not quite sure what Evolve is, it's an independent promotion, which is essentially the farm school. It's, a, it's essentially the, the farm promotion for NXT, which and NXT is the farm promotion for <laughs> But that's essentially it. You know, you you probably saw the the, the commercials that they, were, that they were running during Raw and SmackDown this week for, for the Evolve show. You know, saying Daniel Bryan came through there, Aleister Black, Ricochet, uh, Akira Tozawa, you know. These are all Evolve mainstays. Johnny Gargano all came through Evolve. So it's a big deal. The 10th anniversary is a big deal for WWE. It's, a, it's fantastic that they're putting it on the network. It'll open up the uh it'll open up evolve to a whole new set of viewers it's going to make it easier on me and it's to see to see a show uh because i'm going to be watching this on sunday uh for sure there's too much good stuff here to ignore um we're going to have brandy lauren versus one of Kristen's favorite female wrestlers or just wrestlers period shotzi blackheart that's going to be a lot of fun uh, Eddie Kingston and Joe Gacy, the uh, Evolve Tag Team Champions, are going to be defending against A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff. Not super familiar with those guys, but uh, I am familiar with Eddie Kingston. He is splendid. Kurt Stallion and Sean Maluda, who is a uh, who is a, uh, a a cruiserweight. Uh, I think he's also in, um, and he's uh, he's also part of the Anoa'i family as well. Uh, he's a Samoan versus Stephen Wolf and uh, Kurt Stallion versus Sean Maluda versus Stephen Wolf versus Harlem Bravado. It's going to be a four, fatal four-way match. Uh, 
Babatunde is going to destroy Colby Carino <laughs> in a special singles match. We've got Anthony Henry versus Arturo, Arturo Ruas in a grudge match. Ruas is really, really good. We have a winner-takes-all match for the WWN and Evolve Championships. WWN Champion JD Drake against Evolve Champion Austin Theory. Now, if there is going to be one reason for you who have the network to watch this show on the replay, it is to get acquainted with Austin Theory if you're not already. This guy is fantastic. He is a top, top level performer. He's got all the tools. He is going to be the future. Uh, be sure to check it out if... Um, it, uh, you're going to check it out. Uh, you, you absolutely have to ch check it out for to, to get acquainted with this guy, if you're not already. We have Josh Briggs versus Anthony Green in a singles match. Drew Gulak versus Matt Riddle. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, aside from Ishii versus Cobb, this is the match I'm most looking forward to this weekend. And we have Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa in the main event. It's such a good, good show. And then we're going to have Extreme Rules on Sunday. I'm going to... if you, Again, if you want to listen to my full predictions regarding um, Extreme Rules, uh, Steven Jensen's fight talk, uh, we went over everything pretty much in detail. So I'm going to run through them fairly quickly here. Um, I have the Revival uh, successfully defending, the, defending their titles against the Usos. I think the Revival are on a good streak right now. And uh, their character, the, the character work that they've been doing, you know that, oh, we're rich. We drop money everywhere. I think that's a good thing. And uh, I think that's going to carry them for a little bit. Braun Strowman's going to defeat Bobby Lashley in the last standing, last man standing match. I think that's a given. Ricochet is probably going to, it's probably going to retain. I don't remember what I said with Steven, but my, if I were booking... I would have AJ Styles win the title with Chicanery, beat the shit out of Ricochet, and have the club just go around WWE beating people up, being that faction, that evil heel faction, collecting new members, like building up a bullet club. That's what I would do. But I think Ricochet is going to, to retain. But it, I would prefer AJ getting the title and having Ricochet chase for it. That'd be great. Alistair Black versus Cesaro Black is definitely winning this one. Uh, I, uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan will likely retain against the New Day and Heavy Machinery. I don't think they're going to put the titles on Heavy Machinery just yet. Um, I, there is an argument, a good case to be made to give the titles to the New Day, who arguably have been part of Kofi Kingston's push. Uh, who have contributed immensely to it. And this might be a good way of just saying, good job, boys. Here's a here's a, a reward. Thank you very much for what you did for Kofi. But then again, if Daniel Bryan, if Daniel Bryan and Ron lose the championship, uh, lose the championships, what do you do with Daniel Bryan? I think Daniel at this point, he always, he has to be in a title scene somewhere. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But honestly, I think Bryan and Ron retain. Drew Gulak will retain his cruiserweight title against Tony Nese. They don't hot potato the titles. Expect Drew to have a a few uh, a, at least into uh, at least into October. 
he will have the uh, he will retain the uh, cruiserweight title. I think Bailey also retains uh, the title against uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I do think Sasha Banks is going to show up to even up the odds. I think uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross is going to fall apart because I think Nikki Cross is probably going to get pinned and Alexa is going to end that friendship. And I also think that the next night uh, on Monday night, Sasha is going to turn on Bailey and we are going to get the SummerSlam match that we deserve, Sasha Banks versus Bailey. I believe Kofi Kingston is going to walk out of uh, Extreme Rules as the former WWE champion. I think Samoa Joe is going to do it. You know, there's a case to be made that the person, the person who's going to end Kofi Kingston's title is someone that is going to take great pleasure in making people cry. Samoa Joe is the guy to, have to put the strap on. And it just, it. why would you have had him lose the U.S. title just a few weeks ago if, if it was not to put him here? I'm okay with Kofi then battling back for the title, probably setting up a big match at SummerSlam. Completely okay with that. Undertaker and Roman Reigns will defeat Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. I don't give a shit. Kevin Owens, the only thing I give a shit about is Kevin Owens interfering in this match. Otherwise... Look, as, like I told Steven Jensen last night, this match has to be short. It has to last like eight minutes. It's a no-holds-barred tag team match. So you know what this means. Drew and Shane are going to beat the shit out of Undertaker at the beginning of the match. They're going to leave him lying out on the floor. And Taker's going to spend the entirety of the match on his back until towards the end, he's going to sit up. Roman's going to get a hot tag. Taker's going to do like two minutes of, of offense tombstones Shane that's it we'll be done but it, if this is going to work it has to be short and then your main event Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch in a last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match Ugh. of course Seth and Becky are going to win what are you talking about let's get please get Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans out of the picture so there we have it, folks. I'm gonna wrap this one up. Uh, it was a, it was a long one tonight, wasn't it? But look, I'm getting into this new groove. You know, I'm so used to doing the raw, the raw recaps and the SmackDown recaps that you know it's hard. I'm just gonna get into this new groove, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on on shaving off some time here. An hour and thirty nine minutes or so. That's that's quite that's quite enough wrestling talk on my on my end. Wouldn't you concur? I definitely concur. But I I do want to thank everyone for coming out here uh, on on the new night, showing your support, uh, t telling me, uh, showing me that I I made a right decision. <laughs> and uh, and 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 honestly, I'm going. You know, first night, new format. I'm going to readjust. We're going to do some new things. I'm going to try some stuff out. I did end up talking a lot about WWE. And here's the thing, just before we go. I had mentioned this on my last few on my last couple of streams on the post shows. It's not that I don't like WWE. I still love it. I I wouldn't watch it if I didn't enjoy it. They they there's and I want WWE to succeed and I still want to talk about WWE because it it, it still deserves to be analyzed and picked apart. But um I don't want to talk only about WWE. And it's not because I like the product less. 
It's because there's so much great stuff on top of that that I do watch. And so I was always talking about Raw and SmackDown. I just want to open up a little more. So I'm going to work on the formats, going to figure something out. We're going to get, we're going to get down, down with the clown or something. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great weekend of wrestling coming up. There is so much fantastic stuff. There's literally something for everyone this weekend. You cannot complain that, uh, that you're stuck watching one thing uh, instead of another. There's so much stuff. It's just, wow. It's like Christmas, wrestling Christmas. But thank you. I want to thank everyone who joined me in the chat this evening. I want to thank you for watching on your own time or listening uh, on your favorite podcast application. And uh, guess what, folks? I'll see you next time. <laughs>